You are listening to Mindfully Well with Mel, episode number 46. Hey friends, welcome to Mindfully Well with Mel. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I'm a registered nurse, certified functional nutritionist, and life coach who empowers busy women to attain the life they love and to feel well inside and out. This podcast dives deep into the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of what it looks like to live mindfully well. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. This week's episode is going to be all about alcohol because alcohol is a part of our lives. We use it to socialize, partake in activities, we use it to celebrate, and it's something that is completely normalized in our society. And yet, it has such a negative impact on our health. So I often get lots of questions around alcohol. What should I consume? How much should I consume? Is it okay to have? How do I incorporate it into my life? So we're going to talk about all of that today. I find that we have a mindset of alcohol in the same way that we think about dieting and that if we can't have it whenever we want, however we want, then we shouldn't have it at all. And so then we try to abstain entirely and then we fail epically and fall on our and fall on our face and declare that we're a failure because we can't completely omit it from our lives. One of the questions I would ask about that is do you want to truly eliminate it from your life? And often when you say I'm going to take it all out, you don't actually want to take it all out, right? Because when you take it all out, that means you're going to have to feel all the feelings, all the emotions that come with never having alcohol again. That's a very binary way to think about it, right? You don't have to be all in or all the way out. You can be somewhat in to the consumption of alcohol and have a good relationship with it. That's the most important thing is that you like your relationship with alcohol. When we tend to start to go into this binary thinking that it must be all or must be nothing, it's really just because we don't understand how to have a relationship with alcohol. And that's the most important thing to learn here. So how do you have alcohol in your life in a healthy way? And also another way, another thing I want you to ask yourself is how do you want your life to look when you reach your health goal with alcohol, right? So sometimes when it comes to weight loss, we think I can't have any alcohol at all when I'm trying to lose weight. So I take it all the way out. And then if I lose my weight, then I'll bring it back in. And then you bring it back in and you haven't established how to have alcohol in a healthy way, how to have it while losing weight and how to have it while you're maintaining your weight. So one of the most important things that you want to see here is how do you have alcohol in your life with the efforts of becoming a healthier person? When you are at your end goal that you're trying to reach, what would you be doing with alcohol at that point? And that's how you use alcohol throughout your health journey while you're getting you to your goal. So let's, first of all, I think that we need to really know what is alcohol doing to your body. 
and you may want to ignore this and you may want to fast forward through this part, but just know that knowledge is power and you deserve to make informed decisions. This isn't a lecture or how to get you to never drink again or to provide you with any sort of judgment because I drink, I drink alcohol, but it's been an up and down journey with my alcohol consumption. I've had a fair share of alcohol in my life. I grew up with a lot of alcohol around. It was a coping mechanism in my household while growing up. I saw the adults in my life drinking alcohol as a form to cope. It was idealized and I was a very curious child and teenager. Let's just say I drank enough for my entire lifetime by the time I was 18. I'm certainly not proud of this, but I used alcohol to escape myself as most people do. I hated how introverted I was. I hated my social anxiety. I hated how I acted without alcohol, but with alcohol, the world was mine. I was funny. I had fun. I was fun. Everything actually seemed better. And I would say I operated this way until my early thirties. It was then that I started to look at my relationship with alcohol and I decided I didn't like it. What was happening is I was looking forward to alcohol every day. I didn't have it every day, but every day at 5 PM, I would have this desire to open up a bottle of wine. I could have a glass of wine and be satisfied most of the time when I wasn't with people. My social drinking at this time was entirely different and also not healthy. Whenever I would drink, I would overdrink in a social situation. I couldn't have one even when I said I was going to. I would end up drinking far too much and I would end up waking up the next day with guilt and remorse. But it was the drinking every day or the desire to drink every day that really, I started to really question why I was doing this. I was escaping. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to check out. The asks of motherhood felt too much and the asks of a growing business and working full time were weighing on me. So instead of being okay with these uncomfortable feelings, I simply decided that they were wrong and I could have a glass of wine to not feel them anymore. Boom, problem fixed until tomorrow. So what I was trying to fix was being overwhelmed, strung out, anxious. When you think about the short-term solution for these things, alcohol works and it works really well. We want to call a spade a spade here. Alcohol feels good. We can't deny that it feels good in the moment and it fixes a lot of problems in the moment. Yes, momentarily, it helps us relax long-term, not so much. Alcohol takes a psychological and a physiological response on the body. So it happens in your mind and it happens on your body and it actually contributes to long-term anxiety. Alcohol-induced anxiety is often referred to as anxiety. I have definitely experienced this before. As a person who has anxiety, I can tell you that the effects of alcohol are only good for that short amount of time. And the next day, I always pay for it. And so do you, likely. 
Anxiety is described as this uncomfortable, uneasy feeling after drinking alcohol the day before or the night before. I would beg to differ here that the amount of alcohol doesn't matter and that any alcohol consumption the day before or the evening before, whenever you had it, will lead to long-term anxiety. Alcohol actually increases the feel-good hormone dopamine, which sends a rush of euphoria throughout your brain and your body, and it temporarily relieves any feelings of anxiety and also feelings of overwhelm, feelings of wanting to check out, feelings of wanting to escape, feeling of being uncomfortable in your body. So you get this hit of dopamine and you feel really good while you're drinking. And then once the alcohol is depleted from your body, you're actually going to experience rebound effects of your anxiety and those symptoms you were trying to escape before you had the alcohol. Things like sadness and overwhelm, depression, because now that surge of dopamine is depleted and now you will be left with this rebound effect of the feelings you were trying to escape from the day before. And the rebound is more miserable than just feeling it in the first place. Alcohol also significantly affects your sleep. Even when you go to bed on time or you sleep and get eight hours, you'll still be tired. And this is because your brain can't stay in REM sleep while you're detoxing alcohol from your body. And what happens when you don't get enough sleep? You're going to crave sugar, you're going to crave other feel-good, salty foods, and your hunger hormone isn't going to communicate effectively when you are consuming alcohol or the next day. You're also going to be too tired to do that workout you said you were going to do, and you just end up being a couch potato most of the day and wanting to go back to bed. Alcohol is very stressful on your body. When you're sleeping, your body should be restoring, recovering, cleaning house, and getting ready for your next day. But when you're drinking the night before, your body actually isn't doing any of that. Your body is unable to recover from the day before because its number one focus when you have put alcohol inside of your body is to remove that alcohol as soon as possible. If you remember anything from today's podcast, this will be the most helpful thing for you to realize what is happening when you consume alcohol and why it's impacting your ability to reach your goals. Because once you consume that alcohol, your body has no choice but to instantly go to work and remove that alcohol. So that means all of your efforts on trying to lose weight, trying to gain muscle, trying to manage your stress. All of those efforts that you've done in the days and the weeks before, that gets put on hold. Your body cannot build muscle while simultaneously removing alcohol from your body. Your body cannot burn body fat while trying to remove alcohol from your body. Your body cannot manage stress because you are putting a band-aid on your stress only to experience it tenfold the next day. Alcohol is often used to help you fall asleep. And while you might think that, yes, I fall asleep right away when I drink alcohol, the quality of your sleep actually suffers under the influence. Alcohol affects many processes in your body and it prevents you from getting high quality sleep. It actually decreases melatonin, 
So the melatonin that we create in the evening so that we can get good quality sleep and we can fall asleep and stay asleep, it inhibits the rise of melatonin. And what do we know about melatonin and cortisol? They're yin-yang hormones, right? When one is up, the other is down and vice versa. So if I told you that melatonin isn't able to rise when alcohol is in your system, what is that telling you? There's another hormone here that is rising and that's cortisol. And of course, you're not going to be able to fall asleep when your cortisol is higher. What else do we know about cortisol? It's a stress hormone. So now you're sending out stress hormones throughout your body and stress hormones are sending the signal that you're not safe all because of your consuming alcohol. And what do we know about a body that doesn't feel safe? It simply is not going to do what you want it to do, which if that's weight loss, it's not going to lose weight. If your body is stressed and doesn't feel safe, it's not concerned about building shoulders and about building glutes, right? It's just concerned with removing this toxin right away. So when it comes to alcohol consumption, many times it's consumed in the evenings. That seems to be the social norm of consuming alcohol, but it's actually one of the worst times to be consuming alcohol, because as you can see, it has a dramatic effect on your sleep. So what you're doing is consuming alcohol and then expecting your body to sleep. And that's just not going to happen. So I have a few helpful hints when it comes to alcohol consumption that I try to follow most of the time. And I find that it's helpful, but I will tell you that it's not the magic tool here. The magic tool is simply to feel your feelings and do what you said you would do, which I'll talk about that in a minute when it comes to your alcohol consumption. Okay, one of the tips or tricks that I have around alcohol is that I don't consume alcohol when I should be sleeping. And my should be sleeping time is usually 9, 9.15, 9.30 maybe on the weekends. That's the other thing about your sleep patterns. If we're going to talk about sleep while we're in this episode is um, if you are struggling to sleep, that you should be sticking with the same sleep times most days of the week. And that includes the weekends. A lot of times on the weekends, we're staying up way too late. When, if your normal time of sleeping during the week is 9 PM, but now on the weekends, it's 11 PM. That means you're done drinking. You're not drinking at the 9 PM time slot just because it's the weekend, right? You go to bed at 9 PM during the week. You are not drinking at 9 PM on the weekends. This is going to help you with staying true to your circadian rhythm and producing the hormones that need to be produced at the right times of day for optimal sleep. Okay, so not drinking during your sleep time, rule number one. Rule number two that I like to use is that I like to have most of my alcohol metabolized by the time I go to bed. And I assume based on how I feel when I drink, this is me, right? I'm a 135 pound woman. I'm five, six. So my metabolism is going to be different than other people's metabolism. I also think I have a pretty slow metabolism. If I'm being honest, when it comes to alcohol, I feel it very quickly and it takes a while for me not to feel it anymore. But based on 
just kind of how I'm feeling. I would say it takes me about 60 to 90 minutes to sometimes up to two hours, depending on the type of alcohol for me to not feel the effects of the alcohol anymore at that point. So I just assume per drink, it's going to take me 60 minutes up to 120 minutes for me to metabolize that drink. And I want to have most of my alcohol metabolized by the time I go to bed. So if I'm going to go to bed at 10 PM, that means I'm for sure done drinking. If I just had one drink, I would be done with that one drink by 9 PM to give me an hour to metabolize it. Now keep in mind, this is just a general rule of thumb on this metabolism time, because really it takes the half-life of alcohol. It's like 40 or 50 minutes. So it isn't out of my system, but this is best case scenario when you're drinking in the evenings and trying to get better sleep. So I like to use that rule of thumb. If I'm having two drinks, I would want to be done by 8 p.m., right? So I give my body enough time to metabolize that alcohol so I can get better sleep. Now keep in mind, yeah, this is going to be a better case scenario. It's certainly not the best case scenario because no alcohol would be the best case scenario for better sleep. That's just the truth of it. Even in these circumstances where I'm using best practices, I still wake up the next day and I can still tell that I drank alcohol. My body still sends me the signals that, hey, we did a lot of work yesterday. It's a lot of hard work. Can we have some rest today? And you know what sucks is that hard work was not benefiting me at all. My body was working really hard to remove this alcohol, but it wasn't in a way that makes me better person. It wasn't in a way that makes me a healthier person. And so consciousness has to come in to alcohol consumption in order for you to have a better relationship with it. It was only instant gratification that I got out of that alcohol consumption. So when you're consuming alcohol, you need to approach it in the same way that I teach you how to do mindful eating. And it's that you always plan it ahead of time. You plan the what, what are you going to drink? You plan the when, when are you going to drink? And when are you going to be done? And you plan how much, and most importantly, what are you going to do when you reach that number of how much? What is your next best option? Because let's be true. You're going to have that conversation with yourself that, man, I just want one more. If two was okay, then three is not a big deal. And if two was this much fun, three is definitely going to be more fun. And if two tasted this good, then three is going to be pretty good as well. You do not make choices from this inhibited reactive mind. We already know that a sober reactive mind doesn't make great decisions, but now we add alcohol into the mix. And of course, we're not going to make decisions that we're proud of that help us reach our goal. So we don't make decisions in that moment. We only decide ahead of time and then we stick to what we said we would do. So what are the things that we do when we have reached the what? We have reached the how, we have reached the when, we have reached how much. What is our next plan? My plan most of the time is to go home. That's where I know I need to be. That's where I can now start to get rest. That's when I can start to get into my cozies and I can start to feel good, better, 
at home. I just don't think that any productivity and anything good happens after that point. Unless it's something that I need to be there for, I'm going to go home. My next option, if I can't go home or if I'm not going to go home, right? I have to be at this place that I'm supposed to be at or whatever. I'm going to have a soda water with a lime and maybe some element if I remember it. The reason I like this is because it has a little bit of bubbly in it and makes you feel like you're consuming alcohol. In addition to having the element in it, it also gives it a little bit of a bite and also gives the feeling of alcohol in your mouth. Um, The other thing I love about this is that people will not ask you if you want to drink because you have one in your hand and it does look like alcohol. And so now you don't have to explain yourself. I just don't find it useful for my time and energy to explain to people anymore why I'm choosing not to drink. Frankly, it's none of their business. And two, if it's going to impact my ability to say no to alcohol, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in explaining myself and explaining my intentions of being a healthier person and not wanting to consume alcohol. You will receive likely some negative feedback on drinking less or choosing not to drink at all. And what I want you to remember from this, and you can use this when it comes to food as well, is that you not consuming something and someone having opinions about that actually has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. Likely you not consuming alcohol and they are consuming alcohol, they're seeing this as a problem because we as humans want to be doing the same things as the other people. When we're not doing the same things as other people in our social circle, we start to fear that we would be ousted and not have social support. It's something that's built into our DNA. It's how we've survived this long. It's an ancestral thing. And so we will always look around and scan our environment to make sure that we're like other people so we can fit in with the tribe and we can continue to survive. But that actually does not correlate back to our alcohol consumption. That doesn't make sense, right? So this is when we decide that, hey, just because you don't like that I'm not consuming alcohol has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with you being uncomfortable with me not consuming alcohol. And guess what, my friend? You don't have to address that at all. You just get to continue to do your thing and have your soda water with a lime and a little bit of element and go about your day. You don't have to explain yourself. If you do feel like you have to explain yourself, then I would want you to actually get out your journal and start journaling about this and saying, why do you feel like you need to explain yourself when you have the desire to consume less alcohol for your health, right? A lot of times, this is just something, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, that it's such a societal norm that when we stop consuming it, people think something has gone wrong. And that's not true at all. We can be confident in our choices to consume less alcohol, to mirror the life that we want to be living, to mirror the feelings we want to be feeling, to mirror the strength we're building in our body. That's the other thing about alcohol. It's really hard to build strength with alcohol, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Physically, why? Because alcohol is catabolic. It's going to be breaking things down in your body. One of those things is your muscle. And my friend, you want to keep that on your body. That is your metabolism. That is your strength. That is your future. 
The other thing is your mental resiliency, right? We all know that when you consume alcohol, the next day you're, you're full of brain fog. Your thoughts are not clear. You don't remember why you walked into rooms. And then also the emotional resiliency, right? You put up with a lot less crap the day, the next day after drinking. Why? You just don't have the emotional resiliency there. Your body is so uncomfortable. It's constantly scanning your environment for safety reasons. We don't feel good. Things aren't good here. Where can I scan this environment to make sure that I am keeping myself safe? Right? And it all goes back to what you consumed, when you consumed it, and how much you consumed when it comes to alcohol. I don't have a bag of mixed tricks for you today. Because what you really need to stop over drinking or stop drinking when you don't want to be drinking is to feel the emotions of just saying no to either the third one or the second one or the first one altogether. It's to see what am I truly trying to escape here versus how can I have this and still have the body I want to have? How can I consume this and do the bare minimum and still have ideal health? How can I do this one thing and still have it all? And my friend, I'm sorry, but with alcohol, you just can't. You can have some. You can practice being mindful around your alcohol, which includes what you're going to drink, when you're going to go home, how much you're going to have, and what you're going to choose when you've capped out on all three of those. What is your next best decision? And then sticking with it. That's the best way to build a relationship and still having alcohol in your life, but in a way that you're proud of, in a way that still makes your body feel good, in a way that still lets your mind operate on how you want it to operate, in a way that still allows you to be an emotionally resilient person. And it's to really truly see why am I drinking today? Do I really want to be drinking today? Or is today the day I decide to say, not today. I'm going to choose my energy instead today. I'm going to choose my tomorrow instead of right now. All right, my friends, that's what I have for this week. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mindfully Well with Mel. If you're ready to take practical steps to live a more mindful and healthy life, I encourage you to follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Melissa underscore Ike, where I share tips to help women just like you become healthier, lose unwanted weight, and feel well without the extremes and overwhelm. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review on iTunes, which helps me to continue to create content you love. Finally, please note that the material in this episode is for educational purposes only and is not intended as a replacement for medical advice. Thanks for listening.